when we try to um, solve something through a political process, uh, we should be very wary that the problem we think uh, we're trying to solve by handing authority off to a new regulator, uh, somebody else on with very different political views may be looking at it as an opportunity to solve their problem, and their problem may be the exact uh, uh, the exact opposite of what we want. That is Neil Chilson. I'm Dwayne Lester, and this is Top Priority. Welcome to Top Priority, a production of the Americans for Prosperity Foundation's Grassroots Leadership Academy. I'm Dwayne Lester. Today's top priority is tech and innovation. Specifically, we're going to be looking at whether we need a new federal level agency to regulate the tech industry. This podcast was recorded on February 4th, 2021, and our guest is Neil Chilson, who we'll meet here in a second. In the conversation that follows, you might hear us use terms like community and vision. You'll hear us talk about mutually reinforcing principles. And before we get to the interview, let's talk about what those mean. Americans for Prosperity Foundation and the Grassroots Leadership Academy are part of the Stand Together community. Each episode, we try to focus heavily on how our vision guides our decisions in the different specific areas we focus on. We call these areas priority initiatives, and sometimes we abbreviate them to PI or PIs. Now, our vision is ambitious. We break barriers that stand in the way of people realizing their potential. This moves our society towards one of mutual benefit, where people succeed by helping others improve their lives. This vision is built upon four mutually reinforcing principles, which we'll also discuss. The principles are equal rights, mutual benefit, openness, and self-actualization. You can find the vision and the four mutually reinforcing principles in the show notes. Now, let's talk about whether we need a new federal-level agency to regulate the tech industry. The George Mason University Global Antitrust Institute recently released the new report on the digital economy. 34 individual chapters 1,361 pages, and one of the author, authors, Neil Chilson, is here to walk through all 1,361 pages with us, starting <laughs> at page one. Neil, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks. That's an ambitious goal. I think uh, I think I might uh, not take you up on that. We've got an hour, so we need to get started. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, first of all, tell us tell us about you. Who who is who is Neil Chilson? Why should we listen to you? Yeah, so uh, um, I am the Senior Research Fellow for Tech and Innovation at Stand Together, and I have a hat at the Charles Koch Institute as well. Um, I've been with the uh, with Stand Together and the, the community for about almost three years, uh, and before that, I was at the Federal Trade Commission, where I was uh, most recently the Chief Technologist, um, advised the uh, Chairman on um, both consumer protection and antitrust issues. Um, I have a computer science degree, a uh, master's in computer science, and a uh, law degree. And so um, I have spent my career at the intersection of uh, tech and law, and um, I'm 
just thrilled to be doing that uh, in the role that I have now uh, in the Stand Together community. So there's 34 chapters in this report, and you are responsible for writing one of the chapters. Can you give me a quick summary of what you wrote about? Sure. So uh, big picture, my uh, my chapter is called Does Big Tech Need Its Own Regulator? And this is uh, a separate question from many of the, the questions that are addressed you know, in this rather comprehensive report from GAI. This isn't really about what regulations need to be on uh, tech companies or what regulations should be or shouldn't be on tech companies, big tech companies. It's about uh, the form in which those regulations might take. Uh, specifically, do we need a new agency, a new specific agency um, to uh, govern big tech? And so I look at that. Um, I look at the traditional rationales for creating a new agency and see if they apply in this um, this instance for big tech. And, and I also look at some of the costs um, that might come about if you create uh, a new agency rather than perhaps enhancing the power of current agencies. And ultimately, I conclude that the proposals that are out there, um, to the extent that they're fleshed out, haven't really justified creating a new agency as the right approach to solve any of the problems, even if you assume that the problems exist and that new regulation is the right solution. Um, the justification for creating an entire new agency to deal with them uh, just, just doesn't exist. One of the things you you talk about in here, I believe, is this idea of regulatory capture. And when I first read that, I get an idea. I think I know what that means, but then, of course, I might not know what that means. So I was wondering, before we go any further, could you explain what regulatory capture is? Sure. Regulatory capture is the uh, the long-described um, and discussed phenomenon of a regulatory, uh, a regulated agency or company using regulation to its benefit. Um, George Stigler actually, I think, popularized this, this term, although the idea is quite old. And he said that, uh, you know, agencies or that companies uh, and industries, they tend to turn regulation that is meant to constrain them into a tool by which they uh, use the power of government to constrain uh, their competitors. And so that's that's the essence of regulatory capture. A company or an industry using regulation uh, to to do things that it can't accomplish in the in the marketplace um, and typically things that are harmful to competition. One example of that, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm thinking back to the old uh, Milton Friedman videos that I sit around and watch like some sort of yeah. nerd and some weirdo, you know, who does these <laughs> things because I know how to party on a Friday night. <laughs> but, hey, Friedman, Friedman is, a, is great, uh, uh, great watching on a Friday night. I, I totally agree. He talks about the fact that when you see people going and they're, the people going to Capitol Hill or going to the state capitals to advocate for occupational licensing. They always say they're going there in the name of safety, but it's never the citizenry that goes. It's always the the plumbers or the electricians. Is this the kind of thing we're talking about? Like a, a, a maybe, a, and I don't want to you know, demonize plumbers, but let's say there's a plumbers association out there and they're the ones that are always saying we need to increase uh, standards and licensing that are issued by the state. But, you know, they, they, they make it seem like it's for safety, but it's actually to limit competition in that specific market. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Um, occupational licensing is is rife with 
this type of issue. And in fact, it has a particular uh, salience to the, the, the debate that I address in my chapter, uh, because I talk about how uh, industry-specific regulators are much more easily captured than than generalist uh, agencies that apply, you know, uh, some general principles to a bunch of different industries, and and uh, occupational licensing is a perfect example of that. When you have a bunch of uh, dentists who get in a room together and try to set and set the rules for what dentists can do in their state, and what the um, you know, what the regulatory environment is, uh, you're inevitably, uh, you know, this is the the epitome of the sort of uh, focused interest um, that can take advantage of the fact that they have the dentists have a lot of interest in what the rules are whereas you and I as regular citizens you know we may not notice or we don't have the time to care about like what every single regulatory regime is and so what that means is uh, regulators tend to hear the loudest voices that they hear are from the interested companies uh, and those companies um, don't necessarily have the consumer interest uh, or their competitors' interest in 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 mind, and so um, regulation over time tends towards capture. Well, it would it makes sense in one way because there are I, I don't have a knowledge of of dentistry, I don't have a knowledge of plumbing, I don't have the knowledge for the tech industry that this alleged this new agency would have. And there are a lot of people out there who it makes sense to them to say, no, we should have the experts in this field being the one that regulates it. But that, as you said, often leads to unintended consequences. Yeah. And, and you know, the traditional rationale for creating a new agency is that rather than, for example, having Congress write a set of rules for dentists or as in my chapter uh, for big tech, is that uh, we need we need constant we need some detailed expertise um, on the industry and uh, the part of the problem you know outside of the the obvious cost of capture the obvious risk of capture one of the other big problems is that you have to define what industry you're talking about now in dentistry that might be relatively easy but when you're talking about something as complicated as the tech industry um, that's it's not even really an industry right like. <laughs> You have Amazon and Microsoft, they do radically different things, uh, but they're both called tech companies. You know, Uber, uh, Uber and Airbnb even, you know, while they're both sharing economy tech companies, they actually do things that are really uh, quite different from each other. Um, and then, you know, you know, if you have database companies, Oracle or, you know, something like Facebook or Snapchat, like uh, all of these companies are quite different from each other. They have really different sort of, uh, concerns. And so when we talk about expertise for a specialized agency, um, it's way more complicated in the tech sector. And it's hard to it's hard to justify, uh, and most of the proposals for a new agency don't really justify well why what agency or what industry would be governed, what would be the bounds of it? Is it just any company that uses technology? Um, or is it some specific subset of companies? And without being able to define what companies, a regulator is going to uh, focus on, um, that that traditional rationale of the need for expertise kind of melts away, right? Like, because you can't even describe what they're going to be an expert in. And so, um, so outside of the regulatory capture point, understanding, you know, what expertise uh, justifies a new company is really important. And in the tech sector, 
uh, nobody's really made a good case that we need a specialized regulator uh, because of that need for expertise. Hearing you explain this this idea, and I hadn't even thought of that, so I'm so glad you 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 explained it the way you did. Hearing this this call for for a tech agency. Uh, a tech regulator and he- hearing you explain how you can't even define a tech company uh, specifically, it makes me realize how, how damaging, how dangerous this could be because we don't, when we think of the tech industry, we don't really think of something that innovates, you know, every once in a while, this is something that's innovating almost hourly. We're seeing new things come out. And one thing you don't consider or even it's not even in the same ballpark when it comes to government regulate, regulatory agencies is speed and innovation. Right. My biggest fear is that we'll have people out there who could benefit from from innovations but won't be able to because we're being held up by experts in government who know better. Yeah, I, I, and and it, it's uh, even worse than that, right? So the regulatory capture point, um, I think, is – it comes back into play here because when a uh, incumbents companies who have created uh, you know who have been very successful and uh, their success has driven you know calls for regulation in many cases um, a specialized regulator that basically understands their business model um, uh, is is sort of in some ways uh, a, a wall that they can put up against new disruption and in the tech space disruption happens, more regularly than, for example, perhaps in dentistry. And so uh, we already see that um, specialized regulators, uh, I, I keep going back to dentists, I don't have really anything against them, but uh, <laughs> they just are a very good a very good example of this. When, when new competitive business models, uh, like such as teeth whitening um, in, in mall kiosks came out, um, Dentists were like, we should be getting that business, and so they they tried to pass uh, laws around that. And you can imagine in the tech sector, you know, these companies facing some new upstart uh, competitor who just has a business model that doesn't fit with the regulatory environment. So it can be both nefarious, right? It might be competitors like using a regulator in order to stymie a new innovator, but it also could be just sort of accidental that the regulator understands the incumbent's business model, but this whole brand new thing that's kind of crazy, they don't really understand. And that raises a lot of regulatory risk for the uh, the new company. And so uh, so it can be, you know, just like dentists, you know, could use uh, their boards in order to keep out um, teeth whitening competition. You could see big tech companies using an agency, uh, a tech-specific regulator to keep out that new, next, really disruptive startup. Uh, and we've seen that in the past, not just in, we've seen that in the tech space before. Uh, the Federal Communications Commission is sort of, the history of the FCC is rife with this sort of activity where you had, you know, AM broadcasters using the FCC to keep out the FM competitor. You had broadcast television trying to use the FCC to keep out cable um, and you, use, you had cable trying to keep out satellite. I mean, it's like every single, the history of the FCC is every single uh, incumbent industry trying to stop the next guy uh, by using the power of the FCC. And I'm really afraid that a tech-specific regulator um, would do the same thing for what really should be a fast-evolving industry, um, uh, the tech sector. Who I'm assuming since you wrote this uh, on 
a new regulatory agency that there's someone out there that's actually calling for one who who's who's wanting a new regulatory agency focused on the tech sector well uh there's actually been uh there's a lot of calls for a new regulator but there's only a few that sort of have have uh, broken into it and i would say I, I think it's fair to say that most of the calls have come from sort of left of center advocates for regulation but uh but not all of them there there has been some uh some calls on the right as well uh but the ones who have sort of laid out detailed proposals on this that i address in my chapter are you know the united kingdom has a competition and markets authority which is sort of like the ftc of the uk in some ways and they did a report that talked about the need for a digital uh markets unit um stigler center or the stigler center um, which is at uh, the University of Chicago, had a big group of experts who came together to write a report, and they they called for it. There's a place, there's an organization called the Shorenstein Center at uh, Harvard, where a former FCC chairman, uh, Tom Wheeler, and some of his uh, colleagues called for a new regulator for tech. Um, and there's, yeah, and, and the, the last one is, you know, Harold Feld, who's at uh, sort of centrist left, tech regulatory organization known as Public Knowledge, wrote a book um, uh, suggesting, at least in part, that there be a new digital regulator. And so so there have been some pretty serious calls for it. Um, most of them sort of call for it in the alternative, right? They just, they, they, it, for, for many of them, it's, it's more about doing something than really being wed to the uh, the need for a new regulator, but still, the idea has gotten enough traction that I think it's it was worth exploring whether or not the the form of regulation should take a, a new regulator. What is there going on that they feel needs regulation when they when they think about this sector? What is what are the problems that they're seeing needs government action on? Is there anything specific? Well, I, I um, it's a great question because I. Uh, uh, because several of the proposals sort of lump a, a ton of different issues together, right? So it could be everything from privacy concerns to antitrust concerns to, you know, labor concerns. Um, basically, if there's been a complaint, uh, at least several of the reports at uh, the Stigler Committee, if there's been a complaint where somebody has tied something to uh, big tech being the problem, um, several of the reports, their solution is, well, I don't know. It seems like there's a bunch of problems here. What we need to do is have Congress give a bunch of authority to a new regulator who can figure out exactly what problems um, they want to address. Uh, again, the concern with this, you know, going back to my point about it being hard to define the jurisdiction, is that that could be uh, essentially, given how much technology is, you know, pervasive in our life, uh, such a regulator could basically have a, an extremely broad. Uh, jurisdiction over many different American businesses, plus an extremely broad mandate to solve, you know, every problem from, uh, you know, content moderation to competition issues. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a really bad combination. Um, you basically have a, 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 an agency, a government authority with broad authority, uh, very few limits on its jurisdiction. Um, and, you know, in that situation, I think you could quickly uh, 
expect there to be some abuse of power. Does does the Federal Trade Commission have a role to play in regulating or overseeing the tech sector right now? Uh, it does. You know, the the FTC is a general regulator. It, it's charged with um, protecting competition, protecting and promoting competition, and and protecting consumers. And so that applies pretty much universally. There are a few carve outs for insurance and some other areas. Uh, and so, so the tech industry, uh, the tech companies right now are under the FTC's jurisdiction, and and the FTC has brought um, quite a few uh, consumer protection actions against, including the the big tech companies, as well as uh, you know more recently some antitrust action uh, against some of the social media companies. And so, so the FTC is playing a role right now. Um, and a lot of the reports, I would say, they look at what the FTC is doing and they essentially say it's not enough or that the FTC doesn't have enough uh, authority. And then they say, what we really need is a new agency. And that jump um, doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Even if you agree the FTC is not doing enough, it would seem the more prudent approach would be to enhance the FTC's budget or authority um, if you thought they needed to do more. Uh, the idea that we need a whole new agency is likely to add a bunch of costs. And for some of the reasons that I said before, it not being a generalist agency like the FTC, it would be much more prone to capture. This seems like something that happens often where there's there's something new, um, something people had not seen before. And the first, I don't know, I don't want to say the first instinct, but it seems that that's the way it is. The first instinct is we need something new in government to deal with this, when often there are laws already on the books that deal with that. And I don't know, is this one of those situations where, where there's enough, <laughs> there, there are enough laws right now as it is, and there's enough government right now as it is to deal with what we're, we're, we're talking about? Or, you know, do the FTC, does the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice not have the tools or, or the, the rules to do this effectively? So, uh, it's a complicated question, but I'll, I'll split it into two uh, two parts. I, I, the first the first question is what is the problem we're trying to solve? And as I as I said, there's um, there's a lot of problems that are being put at the feet of uh, big tech right now that it, it's not clear that uh, government is well suited to solve in the first place. Uh, but um, on top of that, uh, you know. Uh, you know, ultimately, I do think the FTC has quite a lot of authority around preventing com anti-competitive uh, conduct and protecting consumers from unfair and deceptive acts and practices. They're certainly a resource-constrained agency in many ways, uh, given their sort of broad jurisdiction. And so, uh, I think I think the simplest, you know, if if there's a concern that there's under enforcement of the existing rules. Uh, the simplest solution would be a, a you know a increasing the resources that such an agency has, um, but uh, you know before saying hey we should just throw this all out and and start with something new, I totally agree with you that it does seem often like there's a sort of Pollyannish Pollyanna-ish idea when you're designing a new agency that somehow, and and this comes through in some of the reports that that somehow these old agencies that aren't working, you know, perhaps because they're captured or underpowered or they have the wrong political incentives, 
that somehow this new agency is going to avoid all those problems. We'll we'll get the right people in, and it'll be designed just right, and it won't ever get captured. Um, uh, and I that that sort of optimism about uh, govern a new government regulator is just not justified. Uh, by the history of such regulation. Well, to bring Milton back into it, where are these angels? Where are these right, angels exactly. that we'll find? Right. So, yeah. And uh, yeah. And I, I don't, um, I think often the authors of the reports think that they are the angels uh, that, that ought to be put in, in place in these agencies. And um, uh, I think that's, that's born from uh, not having had the experience of, of, trying to trying to do such a thing I well, think, mostly seeing as there are calls for a new regulatory agency and you in your chapter conclude that that's not necessary then what are what do we need to do what are the steps that we need to take to make sure that the tech sector's size and influence just doesn't go unchecked and and uh, next thing you know we're all uh wearing facebook t-shirts and and kneeling yep. down at the uh, the altar of uh you know i don't know somebody yeah 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 now uh it's it's a good question so i would say it depends on the problem that we're trying to solve and i think that is uh when you look at a lot of these debates uh you're seeing people have a really different conception of what the problems are so even if we think that there should be a government solution um if we don't have a consensus on what problem we're trying to solve, uh, it's going to be hard to get a good regulatory solution. So the the bit the the best example is content moderation, where there are groups on the the right who think that too much of their content is coming down, and there are very loud groups on the left who think that not enough of <laughs> of the the groups on the right content is coming down. Uh, you know. Both of them are angry at the at the tech companies, but the, it's for almost exactly opposite reasons. And so, uh, I think when we try to um, solve something through a political process, uh, we should be very wary that the problem we think uh, we're trying to solve by handing authority off to a new regulator, uh, somebody else on with very different political views may be looking at it as an opportunity to solve uh, their problem. Uh, and their problem may be the exact, uh, uh, the ac exact opposite of what we want. And so um, I, I think, you know, to more directly address your question, uh, we need to focus on what is the harm that we're trying to resolve and look at the tools that we have right now and why those aren't working. Um, there are some, I think, ways in which uh, we could think about, on the antitrust side, for example, looking at vertical integration, to use a pretty wonky term, and see like what are, are our standards proper for assessing whether or not uh, a company with uh, a, a big market share is uh, appropriately using that leverage when it is entering new markets. Uh, those are, I think, there's a lot of questions that we can we can look at, but we should not do them based on pure feeling about how uh, these companies. But we should do them based on evidence uh, of what the actual problem is and some agreement that the government approach uh, is likely to make things better 
rather than worse. Um, and I think that the the proposals for a new digital regulator just don't meet either of those thresholds. I think one of the things that you mentioned that I <clears throat> I really want to emphasize is the idea that that your folks won't always be the ones that are in charge. And yeah. you, we often forget that. You know, there's there's going to be another administration after this one. And do you really want them having the keys to the kingdom that you're giving to this administration? And when, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned that, that we, we've seen this before. There were those who were screaming that net neutrality was going to be terrible. And they gave government the, the, uh, the power to regulate this. And next thing you know, someone else's team is in charge and they're putting in things in place that, that you certainly didn't want. And that is always the danger when you start giving government more and more power to mess in areas like, like the tech sector. Your team isn't always going to be the one in charge. Right. Absolutely. Is there anything in your chapter that, that you wanted to make sure that we talked about that I just haven't asked about? I mean, 1,300 pages was a lot. I, I mean, I was able to, to get it all, but I want to make sure that I, I really uh, got everything out of your chapter that you well, wanted. Well, my, my chapter is only about, uh, you know, I, I think it's like 20 or 30 pages. So um, uh, it's it's very entertaining reading. I, I think uh, <laughs> it was very entertaining writing anyways. I think the... Uh, the, you know, just emphasizing that actually some of the the reports who are suggesting some of uh, a new agency uh, are trying to find a new. Some of them um, have the sort of ambition. I, I think is the kind kind way to put it. The ambition to redesign how administrative agencies work, and and in some ways they almost look built to generate uh, regulatory capture because they invite the incumbents into the process in a way that uh, if I was a new startup, I would be very concerned uh, about the government getting together with the incumbents to uh, design regulation on, uh, on an on, uh, industry or a, a business model that I'm entering into. And so um, it's the, the regulatory capture point just gets missed so often uh, by people who are optimistic about government. And I think that uh, it's really it's it really is a compelling point um, for those who are skeptical about the power of big companies to point out that big companies are very good, very good at taking a regulatory process that is supposed to be to their detriment and turning it into a uh, a wall that really harms their competitors more than them, and uh, and that's that you know and I think that's why we've seen some calls for uh, regulation from companies like Facebook, uh, uh, who are seeing that you know having a regulator would first of all give them someone else to blame, <laughs> right, rather than than them having to take the heat on every single decision. And would also, uh, you know, erect some competitive barriers to uh, new companies that might want to compete with them. So, I just, I just want to drive that point home because I really think it's, it's, it's missed often. Thanks again to Neil for joining the podcast to talk about tech and innovation. If you have any questions about this priority initiative or any of the other PIs we've talked about before, please send them to me at topprioritytafphq.org. 
I look forward to reading them. And if you haven't taken the opportunity to leave a review of the podcast, what better time than now? Consider doing that on whatever service you're using. And until next time, take care and we'll see you then.